You're listening to The Sick Room Show, episode number 366. In this episode, I talk to Selena Su about how to go from being an unknown expert to a household name. Welcome to The Sick Room Show. I'm your host, Sick Room, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today, I speak with Selena So about how to go from being an unknown expert to a household name. She is a publicity and networking strategist for visionary entrepreneurs, experts, and authors who want to reach millions with their message. With her online publicity program, Impacting Millions, she has helped clients across the world get featured in places like O, the Oprah Magazine, and Forbes, and supported them in being on popular podcasts and national TV. Selena is giving my listeners a publicity checklist on the seven must-haves to get featured in magazines, TV, and podcasts. Knowing Selena's generosity firsthand, I highly suggest that you go to the show notes at sigma.com forward slash 366, where you can find all the links to Selena Sue and download her publicity checklist. You will not just receive her checklist, but also a free video series with tips and tricks to impact millions. I'm so excited to be here with Selena Sue and talk about publicity in a way that you might not think it is. Welcome on the show, Selena. Thanks so much for having me here. So before we dive into the topic of this episode, I would love to hear, I know the story already, but I lo would love for my listeners and those who watch this video later on to hear how come you do what you do today. Absolutely. So when I was in my mid-20s, I had a quarter-life crisis where I was just at an all-time low. I was in a job not making very much money. I was in a bad relationship. And I was just basically depressed. And I ended up discovering this women's life coaching group. And through that community, I started learning about all these experts and authors and books and you know, people that were inspiring others to live their best lives. And it became really clear to me that when people are suffering, and we all suffer in different ways, whether we don't have a life purpose, we hate our job, we're having relationship issues or health issues. You know, we're not just looking for information. We're actually looking for inspiration. Um, and I felt like these, these individuals were like role models for people that expose them to bigger and better possibilities for their life. And so I'm just become really passionate about helping people reach more people with their important work. Because if you've got something amazing to share, why limit yourself to like the 10 clients who you're currently serving or the community of 500 or a thousand people who know you when really you could be helping tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of people with your work. Was it more like a self-help discovery, you know, at an early age that led you to, to discovering all the experts? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I felt like I was in so much pain and I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want other people to feel that way. And I think a lot of our pain, not all of it, but a portion of it is self-created. You know, how we think about things, how we stay stuck, how we repeat like negative thoughts to ourselves. And, you know, by taking action, by shifting your perspective, there's a way to get out of that. I think the most inspiring thing is other people who, where you can see a piece of yourself in them and be like, well, they did it. I can do it too. You know, maybe someone was overweight and now they're, you know, cooking healthy meals and they've got like a meal planning service, or maybe it's somebody who teaches people how to start a business and scale the business like yourself. But I think more people, you know, need those messages of possibility out there in the world for them. Mm. So you discovered a lot of experts through books, but we also know that people don't necessarily need to write a book to be known. No, absolutely. It's also through publicity and through other people like talking about someone, you know, buzz, creating those raving fans. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about publicity because, you know, it's one thing for you to tell the world, hey, I'm like the number one person at what I do. I'm really good, but that's only going to go so far. You know, you need other people talking about you and it's especially powerful when you have the media talking about you. And when I refer to publicity, you know, it's everything from traditional media. So it could be um, television, it could be a magazine, but it's also new media. So influencers that have platforms, have podcasts, that have email lists who can share your message with their audience. But it's about someone that has like, you know, a strong brand that know, like, and trust factor that can really elevate you and also spread your message to more people. So you're there in your mid twenties, discovering all these experts, getting interested in publicity. Ha- what happened next? So I started reaching out to people that I admired, people like Ramit Sethi, Danielle Laporte, there are a variety of different people, but regardless, people that I admired, and I just found ways to be helpful to them. So I would make introductions, I would connect them to other people, I would offer ideas, I was basically supporting them with their goals. And people sometimes say to me, Selena, like, how did you have the balls to put yourself out there and to connect with these influential individuals. And for me, it wasn't, it was easy because I wasn't like, Hey, look at me, how great I am, or I've got a favor or something I need from you. But it was more about these people inspire me and I want to be of service and contribute to them and help them get their message out, connect with the right people, all of that. And so I think when you're leading from a place of service and contribution, then there is no fear because you're just showing up to make a person's life better. It's when you feel like you're inconveniencing them or you're asking for things then it's awkward. And there's this saying that the moment you put someone on a pedestal is the moment they look down on you, which is a really powerful saying. And what I got from that is like, you know, if you approach someone and you're like, oh my gosh, they're such a big deal. Who are they to talk to me? I'm nothing. I have nothing to offer. Then you're creating a weird energetic dynamic where it's hard to build a real relationship because yes, we can look up to people. And certainly there are people that we admire that are years ahead, decades ahead of us and in different places in their careers. But when you come from a place of service, of giving, 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 then you kind of start to level that energetic playing field because then you're showing up with value too. I love that you say that, that you are creating this, uh, it's, it's, it's really about self-worth. They're not worth more, like we're all human beings. But then you are there not necessarily trying to make money. You're just helping out. Did you have a business idea at that point? No, when I first started, I didn't have a business. I was in graduate school and there were just people that I admired who I would reach out to and make connections for. But then eventually when I graduated from business school, I had a number of people who 
were fans of mine who saw me as being really good at what I do. And these were the people that, you know, in a way I did put them up on a pedestal on some level. And I was like, wow, they think so highly of me. I need to start to develop that courage and confidence for myself. Because I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm the best. It was more just like, I'm here to help. But then I started to see, okay, if they can see this gift in me and then I need to see it. And that really gave me the courage to start my business. And right when I started, I had testimonials from um, some key people in my industry. And also I was doing what I teach, which is getting publicity. And so I had media logos on my website and things like that. So from day one, I was able to establish myself as a leader and authority in my industry. What I've noticed about you that you still do this today. It's not like you did this as a strategy just to kick off your business or or figure out for something to do while you were still in school. You are constantly connecting people and it does not always lead to business. What is your thinking process behind it? Is it just really serving and then you're thinking to yourself, well, some will come back and be my clients or is that not at all on your mind? Yeah, I think, um, you know, on the one hand, I am someone who's driven and ambitious. And on the same hand, like making money is not the most important thing to me. You know, I really care about transforming people's lives, making an impact. Like I'm very driven, but it's not just about the money in my bank account. I mean, I do understand that, of course, you know, when you add value, when you create amazing results for people, when you develop relationships, obviously some of that is going to come back into the business. But I think that, you know, it's important to approach these things from a place of, you know, non-attachment. I think I'm very mindful about how I use my time. And for me, it doesn't take me a lot of time to make an introduction. And I know those introductions can be really valuable. I know that certain things that I do, like someone might pay someone else $10,000 for. But I also think that if I just kind of show up and create value and connections every single day versus having to get into like a transaction with someone first in order to like move forward or create something. It just allows me to produce a lot more in my business. So yeah, I think for me, there is a joy in just giving and that is a reward in and of itself. But then of course, with someone like at a certain point, it's like, oh, you know, I could do so much more with you if we started working together. Do you want to explore that? So yeah, that's how I approach it. So let's talk about publicity. What, you know, you have already said that it's not just being on TV or being in a newspaper. It is any type of media or influence. Can you dive a little bit deeper into uh, specifics on that? Yeah, yeah. So I really believe that every entrepreneur can get and deserves to get publicity because if you've got something that people can buy or a message or or some kind of important idea, you want to reach more people. And for each person, it's going to be different. You know, for someone who is going super mainstream and maybe they want literally millions of people to buy their book and their book is like $20, that's going to be a different strategy than somebody that has a high-end coaching program that is $5,000 and is for a very niche audience. So I know that entrepreneurs are just so incredibly busy. And so when I, you know, teach people, I have them figure out the right publicity for them. So, I mean, publicity could be anything from speaking at someone's mastermind group or being a guest expert in their membership site and really getting in front of like a very specific audience of buyers. Um, But it could also be something a lot more broad, like, you know, having your book or your iPhone app being featured in a magazine. So it really depends on the person. Mm. So where can someone start? You know, people that are building an online business often feel like, okay, if I can't organically grow through search engine optimization or something like that, I have to divert to Facebook ads. What would you say to that? 
Yeah. So I actually believe that when it comes to growing our business and marketing our business, we should have a multi-pronged approach. It's not just one thing and that's it, right? So I think that publicity is an important aspect of the marketing mix. And I'm not saying to not do the other things. I will say with Facebook ads, like it's a powerful way to amplify what you're already doing, but the people that join your email list through publicity by listening to you for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour in a podcast interview, by seeing you as a guest expert in a program, by reading one of your articles, by consuming your content and falling in love with you, those kind of people who are consuming more in the front end and developing that emotional connection are going to be warmer leads that are more primed and likely to buy. And then with Facebook, I mean, I think it's a great way to attract more people. It's just kind of, it's different, right? It's not equal. That being said, when you get publicity, you can actually use like your feature in Forbes or your interview as part of, you know, the way that you retarget people to build that no like, and trust factor. So actually publicity and Facebook ads can work well together. So what are the steps you you have this, uh, you know, like the, there's a mass approach and there's this niche approach. Can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, step number one is getting clear on what kind of publicity makes sense for you. So for myself, you know, I sell online courses and have, you know, offerings where there's kind of some kind of education or mentorship opportunity. So for me, it's a niche audience. And so I know that it doesn't make as much sense for me to be in a magazine, even if like 2 million people are reading it, because I don't need to be in front of 2 million. Um, There's a much smaller audience I want to be in front of. So for me, it's podcasts and guest teaching opportunities and opportunities with influencers. That's number one for me. So you got to know what those opportunities are. And then number two is getting clear on what your expert topics are, because there's probably a lot of things that you could talk about um, if someone were to interview you, but you actually want to be very selective. So, you know, publicity is my main topic because I mean, that's what I sell, right? I sell a publicity program. Um, You know, I have other clients and maybe I talk to them about how to hire a project manager, or maybe we talk about cash flow issues in their business. I don't really have any major offerings around that. And that's not really what I want to be known for. Like the impact I want to make is through publicity. So that's why that's my expert topic. So getting clear on that, that's number two. And then number three would be focusing on low hanging fruit opportunities. Because a lot of times people say like, oh my gosh, I know that I want to be on Oprah. I truly believe that Oprah knew my story. She would want to share it with the world. And the thing is you don't go from zero to Oprah because for the biggest opportunities, like if someone were to say to Oprah, hey, you know, I've heard this person is a great expert, right? And the team like does a Google search and they don't see, you know, any information. There's not much of a web presence or any articles, podcasts, there's kind of it's just kind of empty when they do that search. You're not going to really be seen as that expert. So you want to start by building your body of work, um, which shows that you've actually put in the time to build your audience, to get your message out there, that you truly are serious about this. Um, and you start with the opportunities right in front of you. And so maybe you have a friend who just started a podcast and you could be one of the early guests. Or maybe you have a colleague in a group program that you're a part of, and that person has a blog, and maybe you could write a guest post on that blog. You just need to start at where you're at. And I hear people all the time say, oh, you know, someone offered me this opportunity, or I know I could, you know, maybe get an opportunity through a friend. I'm afraid to bother them. I don't want to ask them. Um, And so a lot of times there are literally things immediately in front of us. We're just not taking the actions to get them because of fear. Hmm. 
How to overcome that fear? Like you said before, we put people on a pedestal, we don't reach out, but sometimes we actually, these people are right in our circles. We know them. They're not even, you know, so far away from us, but we just don't realize our opportunities are right there. I think the number one thing is knowing how to ask and how to reach out. Because if somebody has a podcast, they need guests, you know, um, if they have some kind of group, you know, oftentimes they're going to need content from other experts. So it might not be saying, you know, like doing a hard sell, but it might even be like asking a question about, depending on the nature of your relationship, it might even be a text message, or it could be like when you meet up with them for coffee and be like, Hey, how are things going with your mastermind group? Just curious. Do you ever have group experts, you know, or experts come into the group? And then, you know, I wonder, you know, after they answer, you know, so as you know, like I help entrepreneurs with X, Y, and Z, do you think there might be an opportunity for you to, to serve, you know, your audience? I mean, I just wanted to throw it out there in case there might be something. So, so sometimes it's like a back and forth conversation versus just a single email. And other times it will be an email, um, but you want to include enough information. I think a lot of times when people pitch, there's either like too much information and then the person on the receiving end feels like so overwhelmed by like information overload. Then other times there's really not enough information. So it's like, if you want to be on my podcast and talk about work-life balance, like, well, what are your tips? What is your expertise? What makes you an expert? Have you been on a podcast before? Do you have experience? Like, what are your credentials? Um, and so a lot of times like people aren't putting the right information on that silver platter and then people may not respond because they're like, oh, well, this person didn't even present themselves properly. Like, do I really want to get into the back and forth? And so that's why, you know, I love teaching people how to do this because it's not hard. There's just like some very basic things you need to know. And once you know them, you know them. Yeah. We get a lot of pitches for the podcast, as you can imagine. And it sometimes feels like it's so obvious that they haven't been on podcasts and they're just trying to hope that this will be the one where they start, but they don't even make a good pitch. And then the others, there are so many credentials listed there. You're like, okay, is this person just with lots of degrees and lots of, uh, you know, awards, but what's their story? What should they talk about? But I love that you mentioned you uh, were doing a masterclass for my mastermind, which just was another way to build that relationship and, uh, and publicity. And you talked about even labeling as a pitch, like when you are writing an email to someone at a media that you would actually label it as a pitch and you include enough information, but not too much. What would that information be? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're, you know, sending an email to someone for an opportunity, I like to have in the subject line, the words pitch in capital letters, and then colon. And then you would include the title of, you know, the suggested interview or article, because then they're knowing, okay, this isn't a press release. This isn't just like a random person. They actually have something very specific to pitch to me. And that when they see the title in like that headline format, they could be like, Ooh, that got my attention. Like that would be great on the podcast. And, um, you know, there's a couple of components with the pitch and, or, or the, the, the full email that you're sending. And it's going to vary depending on which media outlet, but at a high level, these are, these tend to be the main components. So the first thing that you want to do is start on a warm and friendly note, show that you actually care about the person that you've done some research. Um, so maybe it's something about, you know, that you've discovered the podcast recently, you've been binge watching and you really appreciated the episode. 
you know, about X, Y, and Z, or maybe you really connect to the person's mission or something, or you love how they target a certain audience. Like you obviously don't want to pitch a public, like if you're, I don't know, a parenting expert, like you don't want to pitch like a, a blog or something like that, that doesn't target your audience. So just showing like that familiarity. Um, and then you want to transition into sharing a little bit about yourself. And this is not where you share your like entire hero's journey or about page or, you know, long bio. This is just a couple of sentences that share, you know, who you are, what you're an expert in, and then just like one or two credibility markers. So, and then that can vary from results you've gone to your clients to, you know, media you've secured, but something that shows that you are truly an expert, what you do. And then you want to transition to the story ideas. This is really the meat of it. If someone's going to have you on a podcast, they want to know, like, well, what are you going to share? Or if you're writing an article, like, what is the article going to be about? And so I like to share that in like a headline format and then include like a short description. So for example, if you're like the headline is like the, the three fastest ways to grow your email list. But then you don't share a description. They're going to be like, well, what is it? Is this something I've heard before? Is this something actually quite interesting and unique that, you know, we need to share with the audience? So like adding a bit of that description. And then what I like to do is have people say, so it would depend on the medium, but like, let's say they're writing a guest post, right? Or pitching for a guest post. They say, you know, here's a link to my blog where you can see some of my writing samples, or here are links to two guest posts, or, you know, I've been a guest on podcast before and here's you know, a recent episode I was on, or if you're going on TV, they're going to want to see how you are on video. And so like sharing a short video clip and then ending the pitch saying, I'm also open to sharing other ideas. Um, you know, I can also speak on these other topics just so that it's not like if they don't say yes to that particular idea, you don't have anything else. It's like you're open to working with them to find something that works. So I would say those are like the essential elements of an email pitch. Yeah. And I've seen those pitches. So maybe people have been taking your course, then they know how to pitch. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So uh, also, when you say you are uh, talking about publicity, that's only going to be relevant, uh, you know, when you are in this niche medium, as you said, podcasting or guest blogging. But if you are in a newspaper or news uh, article that reaches more people, then you switch your topic. Yeah, I do switch my topics. So I have two topics. One is publicity and the second one is networking. Publicity is a niche topic because it's specifically for entrepreneurs and people that want visibility for their business. And then networking is something that anyone can benefit from, from the stay-at-home mom can be building her network to the college student to you know, a senior level employee. Um, and so if I had an opportunity for a mainstream publication, yeah, I, I would lead with a topic that applies to more people. Mm. Would you also say that the topic can be something completely different or personal that still creates awareness for your business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I believe in, you know, the 80-20 rule. So the majority of the time you want to focus on publicity that is actually going to move the needle for your business that's connected to the area that you're an expert in. But other times there are topics that you're just passionate about and want to talk about, and that's totally fine. Um, just the majority of your effort should be in the places <laughs> that make sense to grow your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you have a checklist for my audience. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah, I'm excited about that because when it comes to publicity, I really believe that every single person can get publicity, but oftentimes people don't know where to start. What do I need to actually start attracting that publicity? And so we have a checklist. There are seven must-haves to you know getting featured on magazines, TV, podcasts, and all that good stuff. So they can go ahead and download that at impactingmillions.com slash Sigrin checklist. So one word Sigrin checklist, they can get our seven part publicity checklist. And also when they download that, they will be on the list to later receive some special videos or impacting millions video series. And with each of those three mini videos, we have some gifts. So the first gift is a list of 200 media outlets to, you know, for them to start, you know, dreaming about and considering for their wish list. We have a 12-month media calendar with you know, special hooks and story ideas. So they can pitch timely and relevant stories. And then the third gift with a third video is a seven-step action plan. So once they get on that list, by getting on that publicity checklist, they're going to get access to all of those goodies. Fabulous. I'm looking forward to them myself. So I'm going to get on the list right away. Yeah. And to be clear, it's like 100% free. They don't have to pay for any of it. Yeah, it's all free. And uh, Selena is giving it to the audience and I want you to tag us when you listen to this episode tell us what you learned and what you're going to do and let us know that you've actually downloaded the checklist we want to know that too so tag us on Instagram Sigrun.com and Selena Soup and Selena I love to have you on the episode thank you so much for being on here today thank you Selena is giving my listeners a publicity checklist on the seven must-haves to get featured on magazines, TV, and podcasts. Knowing Selena's generosity firsthand, I highly suggest you go to the show notes right now at signal.com forward slash 366, where you can find all the links to Selena Soup and download her publicity checklist. You'll not just receive her checklist, but also a free video series with tips and tricks to impact millions. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your Insta story or Instagram post using my handle sigruncom and the hashtag Sigrun Show. See you in the next episode.